0: Welcome back to the French Collection Podcast. Join us here each week as we glean from Pastor Tony French as he brings a message that speaks to the freedom and life that we have in Christ. We've been uh, reading, studying through the book of 1 John. And remember, John is the Apostle John. John is the one who wrote the book of Revelation. John is the one who referred to himself as the disciple that Jesus loved. John um, was there. He saw it. He felt it. He touched it. And he wants to tell us about it. I want to, before we move into 1 John chapter 2, I want to review something from 1 John chapter 1, verse 7. Um, 1 John 1, 7. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, We have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, His Son, purifies us from all sin. I want to look a moment and talk more about, I don't want to go over it too fast, walking in the light. Walking in the light. That's the description of us being a follower of Jesus, of being a believer. Walking in the light. Walking in the light. i was thinking about that i was thinking you know one of the funnest things for me is to walk in the dark i love to walk in the dark especially like when i'm hunting my favorite time is before the sun has come up i get out of the truck turn the lights all off no flashlight let it get dark and then i walk through the woods to my tree stand it's incredible And I was thinking about that in regards to having the description of following Jesus as walking in the light. And I was thinking, why do I like walking in the dark like that? And you know why? It's because I walked through it in the light enough to know where I'm going. To know the way to where I'm going to go that I don't need the light to walk there. That's what's fun about walking in the woods in the dark you know where you're going. If you were to take me to some woods that I'm unfamiliar with and dump me off in the middle of the night and tell me to walk through the woods and get someplace, that would be a different story. Some place that I'm unfamiliar with, some place that I don't know where the trails and where the creeks and the the low tree limbs are, it would be a disaster, wouldn't it? That's why we're walking in the light. Because I have been lots of places, and I know lots of woods, especially around here. I'm familiar with the woods. I know my way through there. I'm oriented. I understand. I'm kind of good at walking through places like that. But you know the place I've not walked through? Tomorrow. I don't know my way through tomorrow. That's why I need to walk in the light. I'm unfamiliar. I don't know what's going to happen this afternoon. You know, we kind of got in a rut thinking that life was just this way. And then, in the twinkling of an eye, (laughs) we're all staying in the house. Right? Our whole world changed that week. And the things that we thought we knew and the places we thought we knew what to do, we no longer knew. That's why Jesus says it's so important for us walk in the light. Let there be light. Um, In John chapter 8, Jesus said, that's not it. When Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Jesus, he knows things, right? He knows what it's like to be lost, to not know where you're going, to not be able to see things, and he provides the answer for that. He is the light of life. Now, I'm grateful when I'm trying to find something and it's dark and I have a flashlight. That's good. But I'd rather have the sun. Indoor lights are good. I'd rather have the sun. Right? I can see better with the sun. Jesus is the light of the world. He's not a flashlight. He's not a little flicker of a candle. He's not a helper. He is light. He is the light of life. (laughs) If you need to see, if you need to know where you're going, come into the light, which is Jesus, who says, I am the light of the world. Um, You know, even in the light, sometimes we stumble. Even in the light, sometimes we get lost. But without the light, you can almost guarantee that you're going to stumble. You can almost guarantee you won't find where you're going without the light. Walking in the darkness in a place that you're unfamiliar with is treacherous, it's dangerous, it's frustrating, and it's defeating. All that stumbling and falling and wandering around takes a toll on your heart. But walking in the light, that's different. Right? I'm old. My eyes, (laughs) they're old. And when I have to read some small little number on something, iPhone. I turn the light on, I turn the camera on, and I zoom in on the camera, and it's like having a magnifying glass so I can read something really small. And if I can't hold it still, I can take a picture of it and then blow the picture up, and then I can read it. (laughs) Jesus is the light of the world. When I don't understand something, when I can't figure it out, Jesus, let there be light. He exposes these things, not always in my timeline, but in His. When I need to know something, when I need to figure it out, Jesus is the light of the world. In Psalm 89, it says... 89.14, righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne. Love and faithfulness go before you. Blessed are those who have learned to acclaim you, who walk in the light of your presence, Lord. They rejoice in your name all day long. They celebrate your righteousness, for you are their glory and strength, and by your favor you exalt our horn. Indeed, our shield belongs to the Lord, our King, to the Holy One of Israel. What happens when you walk in the light? Love and faithfulness are on your path. Rejoicing. Celebration of righteousness. Glory and strength as you walk. Strength, power, and protection from the shield of God. Walking in the light. You know, sometimes you play a game where you Put a blindfold on somebody and you spin them around and you give them a thumbtack and you tell them to go pin the tail on the donkey why do we play pin the tail on the donkey because it's hilarious watching somebody try to find something that they can't see it's funny except when it's real life and then it's not funny We walk around with blindfolds and sharp tacks, trying to stick it in the right place, not knowing where we're going. God has a different way of living for us. We can walk in the light. And walking in the light has benefits. (laughs) It makes us happy to walk in the light. Back in 1 John... Chapter 1, this is still review from last week. First John 1, verses 8 through 10. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If we claim we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar and his word is not in us. So here we find ourselves in this world, this broken, fallen cursed world that is at war, we find ourselves here, and what's one of the things we can guarantee? Sin. Yours and mine. It's part of the world, and we get caught up in it. Without the light of Jesus, you're a slave to sin. You can't help it. You can't get out of it. But when we walk in the light, we confess our sins as they are exposed. Jesus uh, forgives us and purifies us. And now, chapter 2, verse 1 and 2. My dear children, I write this to you so that you will not sin. My dear children, I write this to you so that you will not sin. Is Jesus a fun sucker? Is he trying to take all the joy out of our life? Is that why he doesn't want us to sin? No, see, that's the lie of the devil that somehow sin is a good deal. <laughs> For those of you who are experienced with sin, who have experienced some light, you know what sin is like. It's a curse. It's a bait and switch game. It's a lie. The lie of the enemy that this thing will give you life and that Jesus is a liar. That's sin. And so, because God loves us so, the Apostle John wrote these things. So that we would not sin. I used to think that sinning was fun. And then I had to come to church to get over it. What a small little story that is, right? What I have learned by walking in the light. Is that when I walk in the light. I have righteousness and freedom and joy and strength and goodness. And when I sin, it's like my feet getting tangled up in a piece of barbed wire and I fall down and roll down the hill. Sin is not the good thing. Sin is not life. Sin is a lie. There is no joy. There is no peace. There is no hope. There is no good fruit of sin. So I can tell you right here today, I never ever want to sin again, ever my plans for this afternoon and tomorrow do not include sin now the truth and reality is i'll probably sin because i live in a fallen broken world like you do and my old man rears his ugly head every now and then and my belief is shattered and i turn away from god but it's not my plan it's not the way i intend to live in fact My plan is never sin again. Now, I could never make such a claim like that because of my own self-righteousness, my own strength, my own goodness, my own will. No. I need help. I need help. In fact, I need somebody to be living their life through me, which is exactly what Jesus did, right? I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I live in the body I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And as a child of God, someone who is walking in the light, I renounce sin. I reject it. I don't want to sin ever. It's not part of the kingdom of heaven. It's not God's will. It does not bring the fruit that I want. So how do you approach that i don't want to sin well i better gauge, gouge my eyes out right i better put blinders on i better cover my ears i better handcuff myself matter of fact why don't i just go live in a cave somewhere all by myself so i won't sin right wrong not at all that's no life that's not life to the full In fact, if every day I thought and feared, oh no, did I just sin? I'm about to sin. Oh no, what am I going to do? Watch out. Be careful. That's not life at all. Psalms 119, verses 33 through 37. Teach me, Lord, the way of your decrees, that I may follow it to the end. Give me understanding so that I may keep your law and obey it with all my heart. Direct me in the path of your commands, for there I find delight. Turn my heart toward your statutes and not toward selfish gain. Turn my eyes away from worthless things. Preserve my life according to your word. According to this passage in Psalm, how can I keep God's word? God does it through me. All of these things that are needed to follow God's laws, all of them are met by God doing something in me. Lord, teach me the way of your decrees so I can follow it. Give me understanding. God, change me, change my thoughts, change my heart so that I can keep your law and obey it with all my heart. Not reluctant obedience but living from a free, good heart where God has written his laws. Direct me in the path of your commands, for there I find delight. I do not find delight in disobeying God and living apart from his will. I find delight in the path of your commands. Turn my heart toward your statutes. So in 1 John it said, when you sin, confess. Confess we talked about confession last week. You cannot be too explicit or too detailed in your confession. Get to the root of the sin when you confess. Don't just blow it off with some, oh yeah, I messed up again. No, drill into it. Ask Jesus to shine his light on your sin, on your wounds, on your brokenness, so that it can be exposed, so that he can turn your heart toward his statutes. Turn my eyes away from worthless things. See, when I walk around in the dark, not knowing what's good or bad, but when I walk in the light, he shows me, no, this is gold. That's counterfeit. This is life. That's death. Now, what happens when I live according to Psalm 119, 33 through 37? Well, it's in Psalm 119, verse 32 which says, I run in the path of your commands, for you have broadened my understanding. So on the one hand, I was painting a picture of somebody who is trying desperately to not sin. No, no, keep my eyes focused. You know, self-control, hunker down, don't sin. But this picture, is drastically different right I run in the path of your commands see the freedom and life the joy that comes from that kind of a command I run in the path of your commands because we're walking in the light we want the same things that God wants your kingdom to come your will to be done so I run in the path of your commands. Now back to 1 John, chapter 2. 1 John, chapter 2. My dear children, I write this to you so that you will not sin. But if anybody does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the Righteous One. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, and not only for ours, but also For the whole world. We don't want to sin. I write these things so that you will not sin. But when you do. When you do sin. We have an advocate with the Father. An attorney. A spokesman. An advocate. Jesus Christ The Righteous One. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins. And not only for ours, but also for the sins of the whole world. Jesus is the atoning sacrifice for our sins. So, it's not that I have liberty to sin and I can sin whenever I want to. That's not the picture at all. It's that I run in the path of God's commands because I am walking in the light, following Jesus. And I live in a world at war, and every now and then, I'm going to sin. And rather, beat myself up about my sin, live with shame and condemnation. Rather than let the enemy in to destroy my relationship with God, Jesus comes. And he's my advocate. He's the atoning sacrifice for my sin. What's the wage of sin? Death. Who paid the death for my sin? Jesus. Is there anything lacking or insufficient with the price that Jesus paid for my sin? No, it's complete and full. When I sin, the enemy will come and he will take my guilt and he will turn it into condemnation and shame. And when I sin, he will say to me, Antony, you called yourself a Christian. You said you were a believer in God and look what you did. And he will try to accuse, to judge, to condemn. And to bring shame. And what happens when I am living under accusation, condemnation, and shame? I run and hide from God. And so, Satan takes my sin and uses it to build a wedge and a division between me and God. Now what does God do with my sin? Here's what God does with my sin. Jesus Christ paid the penalty for my sin. There is nothing I can add to what Jesus has done. I don't even need to feel bad about my sin. I do, because I'm guilty, right? But that does not bring redemption. Confession. This is what I did, God, and I, oh, I so regret that. That was not your way. And Jesus... With his grace, with his mercy, my sin is already forgiven. As soon as I commit it, my sin is forgiven. I need to confess so that my heart can be repaired and I cannot repeat that sin, but it's forgiven. When were my sins forgiven? When Jesus died on the cross. So immediately upon my sin, the grace and mercy of God and His forgiveness removes that from me. So that my relationship with God is not damaged. Do you know how much God loves you? The answer is no. You don't. You may know more than you've ever known, but you're just scratching the surface. At how much God loves you. you know there's one thing that God's never been towards you? Ashamed. Your heavenly father is not ashamed of you. He knows the condition you live in. And he knows that sin is a terrible thing. So he sent his son to be the atoning sacrifice for your sin. And that is not license for you to continue to sin. But is also not something that brings shame upon you and separation from God. When you sin, confess your sin. And I mean confess it. What's the root of it? God, I did not believe you. And I chose to live my own way. Get to the root of the sin and confess that. And the atoning sacrifice of Jesus, which has already forgiven your sin, will now bind up your broken heart and set the captives free. I don't want to sin ever. And it is my prayer and my hope in my life that I never sin again. But when I do, Jesus is the atoning sacrifice for my sin. Not just mine for the whole world there is no other hope there is no other sacrifice for sin except Jesus so from 1 John chapter 2 verses 1 and 2 what did we learn we learned this Jesus is the light he is the light there is no other source of light but Jesus Jesus said I am the light of the world And Jesus invites us to follow him. And walking in the light brings joy and righteousness. And when I do sin, Jesus is my atoning sacrifice. Jesus, he's the whole thing, right? Walking in the light. Not stumbling, bumbling, fooling around. Walking in the light. This intimate conversational relationship we're in with Jesus where he speaks to you where he calls you by name where he says follow me that's what it means to walk in the light and when we do joy righteousness peace when we turn from him death fear anger lust when we turn back to him joy, peace, kindness, all of those things? Which would you rather have? Walk in the light. Father, would your kingdom come and your will be done in each of our hearts today. Jesus, we love you. And we are so grateful that you are our atoning sacrifice. There is no other place to turn, Jesus, for forgiveness than you. Thank you for forgiving our sins. God, give us understanding. Change our hearts. Turn our eyes towards the things of the kingdom so that we can run in the path of your commands, so that we can walk in the light and have joyous righteousness, bringing life and hope to the world around us. As your kingdom comes, and as your will is done. Jesus, we pray all this in your name. Amen.